Get the kick right out of your radio. This is Radio Contact. Welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Pax and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join me in the show this week, as ever, we are Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hey, Rob. You okay, mate? Yeah, the sun is still baking outside, Paul. Beautiful week. Yeah, it's been... I tell you what, I was saying to someone at work today, I can't remember uh, the last bad day that we had. It's, uh, it's been that good now for, for so long, hasn't it? For so many weeks. I mean, it's great and... Um, I just keep thinking, is it going to all change when the kids break up for the summer holidays? That's what now I'm happy. It probably rains every six weeks, doesn't it? So, uh, no, it's been great, mate. It's been it's been tremendous. And uh, another another nice weekend ahead, apparently. I think it's going to be really sunny again, so it uh, should be good for Sunday. Yeah, after, what is it, six weeks of sun? If the ground, the ground isn't firm now, it never will be. No, that's it. That's what They will be banning, uh, banning old packs next fortnight. <laughs> yeah, we have to make sure you... You put your old pipe away now, Paul, if they're going to ban it. We run out of water, that'd be big trouble. But I did actually drive past the AJ Bell Stadium uh, today, and the grass there looks amazing. I don't know how they're doing it in this heat, but it looks really nice, really green. You know, Mark and the boys down there doing a fine job. Oh, they certainly do, mate. Don't they? Every time we go to an away game, my dad always comments on how good the pitch is. And it is. It's always like a bowling green, isn't it? And, I mean, you remember the pitch of the Willows was, was really good towards the... You know, in the 2000s, I don't know, in the 80s and the 90s, it was always a bit of sand on it, wasn't there? And, uh, you know, people just got that Blackpool beach, didn't they? But as the, you know, the 2000s went, and we always had a good pitch there, didn't we? So, you know, credit to the groundsman and Matt Ryan, who does a good job down there, as, as you said, Rob. So, so yeah, it's, uh, we've got a game a week on Friday there against Cass. I'm sure that'll be a good night, but we need to get this uh, OKR game out of the way first, don't we? Yeah, definitely. On this show today, we're going to be talking about the OKR game later on. We're going to review the Warrington defeat, all the news coming out of Salford Red Devils, uh, interview with Ian Watson, Paul's amateur report. Uh, so what we'll do, we'll uh, start with that defeat against Warrington uh, last Sunday, uh, last Friday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. Yep, so South Red Devils were defeated against Warrington, 30 points to 14, Paul. Tough defeat, I think the boys battled hard, uh, but Warrington just had about had enough to get over the line. Yeah, Warrington have got that bit of quality, haven't they, in, in their side. With Tom Lineman and Josh Chandler, the two wingers, I thought, played really well on the night. and That's probably where we lost it. We had Daryl Alfords and Jake Bibby on our two wings. You know, two guys who were not you know, the most experienced players at that level. And there were a couple of half chances that we had, and if we could have took them, you know, it probably it probably could have been a different outcome in the game, but I think you've got to credit yourself for the way we battled back into the game. You know, to get the, the scores back to fourteen apiece just after our time with the with the try that we scored there, we, we we created three really good tries. And if Robert Louis could have kicked that goal, you know, who knows what might have happened? We had a chance um, from Chris Wellham a bit just a, a bit after that, and we could have gone in front there, and it could have been a different game. I think the two tries he scored late on, well, it was three tries, wasn't it? In the uh, 
No, sorry, two tries in the last 10 minutes, like Daryl Clark and uh, Mike Cooper went over. But as Ian Watson said in his interview, it was more down to sort of the fatigueness there. When I think the players were out on their feet, when they had all the tackling they'd done. And there were two soft tries that we conceded there. But for large parts of the game, we competed and uh, it was a very close contest. Yeah, obviously, you know, looking at the team, we had Jack Little John at fullback, Daryl Olferts, Chris Wellham, Junior Sow, Jake Bibby, Rob Lewitt, Jake Shorrocks, Lamatazzi, Josh Wood, Lee Mossop, George Griffin, Ryan Landon, and Greg Burke on the bench for Salford Devils, Mark Flanagan, Logan Tompkins, Ben Nakamboi, and Daniel Murray. You know, looking at the team, Paul, you know, it's a bit patched up. We've got a few injuries, haven't we? Uh, but what impressed me, Greg Burke at loose forward, showed some good touches, a good pair of hands, being able to put a, pass the ball on just before contact to, you know, to give us an extra phase, and I thought that was impressive. Yeah, well, you did. It was funny because... Um... He didn't. He didn't seem to get tackled in the first half. Every time he got the ball, it was like an hot potato. He was giving out short passes, and he, he didn't look good. He's got for a for a big bloke and a guy who's played a lot of his career at Brock. He's got a good pair of hands, and um, you know that's no disrespect to, to to Greg. I thought he did really well, and um, when he came back on in the second half, he did looks a really clever player. Yeah, and it was good for Mark Flanagan to have that that break. And I know Mark's got a bit of a knock in the match as well, but. Uh, but yeah, the, the lads, the lads worked hard, didn't they? You know, George Griffin, you know, set up a good try for Jack Little John. It was a shame Jack Little John got injured because uh, looks like he's going to be out for the season now. And just when he was coming into his own last few weeks playing at fullback, he's, he's looked a tremendous player, and uh, you know, it's such a shame for him. That and I hope, really hope that's the, la- the last time we see him in a Salford shirt because I don't know. I think his contract runs out this season, doesn't it? So. Uh, you know, I'd really like to see him in a Salford shirt again, so I wish him a speedy recovery. Yeah, in the last few weeks, he's, he's definitely, you know, found that bit of extra uh, inside him. And, you know, it's unfortunate when, you know, injuries hit, um, you know, these things happen, don't they? And I'm sure, you know, he'll be looking to get back fit as soon as he can. Yeah, I hope so, yeah, because he seems a really nice guy, Jack Littlejohn, as well. When, we, when me and you have spoken to him, he's... Uh, a very humble sort of guy and he's been working really hard he's took a bit of flack from the fans and you know some of it you know rightly so he'd been playing poorly but it's always nice when a player is getting that flack and playing poorly when he starts playing well and he turns things round and the, the supporters were singing Jack's name on, on Friday night in the first half and it was great it was great confidence boost for him that and then then he picks up a nasty injury like that so that's that sport that's what rugby league's like and I just hope now he's not out for the season I mean I know we've, we've said he's going to be but there's quite a bit of the season left. Hopefully, he can get a speedy recovery and perhaps finish off uh, finish off the, the middle eights or super eights wherever we end up. But uh, I do, like I said, I just hope it's not the last time we see him in a Salford shirt because he's he's been a good lad. Yeah, he certainly played well until he went off, and all oh, the boys did really. You know, they all grafted. Um, unfortunately, Ryan Lannan was sin binned, uh, which put a bit of extra pressure on the boys um, at that crucial moment of the game. Yeah, it did just before and after we scored. After that, when uh, when Ryan Lannan was off, but. It, Ryan Lannan dropped the ball, didn't he? And Warrington broke through and he held on to. I think it was a bit of frustration from Ryan, really. It was poor play. I mean, he didn't need to do that. And he, he probably thinks now he's, he's put on, you know, unnecessary pressure on his team. It was silly because he didn't have to do that. He just let go of the man. But yeah, just going through the side there, I thought Robert Lou was good again. Jake Trunnocks, to me, he's really coming into his own now. You know, a young kid there, he's, he's cutting his teeth at Salford and every week he seems to look better and better and then. You know, I think you know he has kept patience with him, hasn't he? and uh, I think we're, we're sort of seeing the fruits of him now. And Chris Wellen as well. I know he picked up a bit of an injury, but Chris is Mister Dependable. I think every week Chris's performances are, uh, you know, he's so uh, so durable, isn't he? For, for such a slight bloke as well, he's not a big centre, but he really plays above his weight. Yeah, certainly. You know, all the players put a big effort in, didn't they? You know, when that try by Jake Bibby just after half time, what an effort that was! Fantastic team move going from one end of the field to the other and a great finish by him. 
It was. I watched it back on the Super League show today, and um, they did this sort of palming the ball back. Was it Logan Tompkins? And I can't remember if it was Matt Mark Flanagan. Excuse me. And um, the ball went that wide. It looked like the chance had gone. Charlie he, he sort of tapped it forward, and then Jake Bibby had a free run to the line. Then, and, oh, it was absolutely pandemonium behind the, behind the sticks there at Warrington. Everyone was going going crazy, and uh, it was great atmosphere. And it always is away from home. And, we took a really good following there, didn't we, on Friday night to, to Warrington. The Salford supporters really came out in numbers. And, uh, and yeah, that, we were sort of on top in the game. And Robert Louis missed that conversion when he kicked a conversion off the touchline earlier on. So that's another thing we were lacking at the moment. It's a bit of a consistent goal kicker. Yeah, and obviously at that point, Paul, 14-0 in the mixer. Uh, Ian Watson, you know, in the interview we're going to wear shortly, talked about being in the arm wrestle. And I think it's a good thing we've experienced that uh, before we get into the, the business end of the season, being able and able to compete in an arm wrestle situation. Yeah, well, I think what, what cost us the game, really, was Warrington were more clinical, as I said before. You know, the likes of uh, Josh Charnley on the wing, that bit of quality at Warrington. I mean, I know they picked up a few injuries themselves, didn't they? I mean, we can talk about our, our injuries all day long, but Ben Burnett Masilla pulled up in the, in the warm-up for Warrington and pushed the, the lads that they had over in the, the Denver test didn't play, you know, second match didn't play. So it was a big miss for, for Warrington, but... Um, I know we were in the game for the last, for large periods, but that bit of extra quality that Warrington have got on the edges, I think, was the difference between the two sides, really. In the arm wrestle, as you, as you mentioned up the middle, I think our pack match Warrington's all night. Yeah, obviously, a lot of tough tackling in that middle uh, part of the field. And, you know, that's games are won and lost in that situation. I think we gave as good as we got uh, in that. But like you said, that little bit of extra quality from Warrington, you know, made the difference for me. Yeah, he certainly did. And I think you've got to look at their halfbacks as well. Tyrone Roberts, the, uh, the Australian, the new signing for this season, who's really settled in now with his partnership with Kevin Brown. He created two of Warrington's tries, I think maybe three of them. So, um, you know, he's, he's a quality player as well. Yeah, obviously, you know, Warrington, you know, ran out winners in the end, but we can take a lot from this game, can't we? We let's not get, all get upset and despondent. We've still got games in the bank, uh, but if they give as good as they got in the last few games, who knows what might happen. Well, I think if we can go to um, Craven Park on Sunday and play like that against Hulkingston Rovers that, with that intensity, we're going to be a match for them because Warrington are a better side than, than Hull KR. So we, we've got to carry on now, now like that and play, play like that consistently because if you, you take the Huddersfield home game that we lost and the, the Catalan game at, at Newcastle, if we'd have played like we did on Friday at Warrington, we'd have won those games. So those, those daft games that we've thrown away this season, they're the ones that could come back to bite us, you know, come, come to business. And now, you know, after these, these three games, cause it really is a, a tussle now for that top eight, you know, for that eighth place, seventh and eighth place. So, uh, so yeah, we, we can't afford to lose at Hull KR on Sunday. We've got to win that game. Yeah, it certainly becomes a, a massive game, obviously. Win that and we're back in the hunt for the, for the eight. Defeat probably would condemn us to that sort of bottom four playoff. Yeah, I think defeat uh, for, for either side. Whoever loses that game on Sunday is, is going to be in the in the bottom four. The worrying thing is as well the side that loses that game, you know, could end up being in the bottom two as well. And then you're looking at four away games in in the middle eights, which are the qualifiers, whatever you want to call it. So, I think if we are going to end up in that bottom four, it's vital we finish ninth or tenth and get the four home games. But we should be looking up at the moment. We've got three games left. Um, is it three games or four games left? Four. Hang on. I think we've got four games left. Four games left, sorry. Um, we should be looking at these four games and I know it's, it's, it's paying the sky to say they're all winnable but they, I think they are Rob you know we've got to be looking at beating Hull Cow we've got to be looking at beating Castleford and Leeds at home Leeds are on a shocking run I know our record against Leeds is poor but if it comes to that game at the end of the season we've got to beat Leeds to, to stay in the, the top eight we've got to go out all guns blazing for these matches now 
Yeah, news is Leeds sacked, is it Brian McDermott, um, in the last few days, Paul. Do you think they kind of did that looking for the new coach bounce to get them out of the trouble they're in? I think they panicked. I listened to what Gary Hevington had to say today, and I think they, they, they panicked. And, you know, they realised they, they're not doing so good. They've had injury problems as well, like they say. But it's easy for them to say they've had injury problems. They've got a massive squad there at Leeds. They've got an academy team, a reserve team. They've got an embarrassment of riches, really. So you can't really compare them to us. And I think, my opinion is, I think it was a bit harsh on, on Brian McDermott. I think he's done an excellent job there at Leeds. They've, they've won trophies. They were super, they're Super League champions, and they're still in the Challenge Cup. They've got a Challenge Cup semi-final, so to, to sack the, the coach, I think, you know, it could come back to haunt them, really. Who are they going to bring in now at this sort of stage of the season? But I think it was a bit silly. Uh, but I think they realise how, how much of a struggle and a mess they're in. They're in a dogfight with us, Rob, and they need to start winning games, or they're going to end up in that, that, that middle eights. And as we've said before, looking at the sides in the Championship, that qualifies is going to be really, really tough. Yeah. Talking coaches, uh, we spoke to Ian Watson after the game against Warrington. And this is what you have to say. Coach's corner. Right, Ian Watson, thanks for joining me after that. What, how do you make of that really tough performance? You must be proud of the effort the players put yeah, in. Yeah, I though. thought the effort was first class. I just thought we've not been in a game like that for a, for a long time now with that arm wrestle mentality where you're going toe-to-toe -to -toe and set-for-set -set with teams. So it's making sure that we can come through the other side. And I think the turning point was... We're attacking their left edge and we make it play, do a little play out the back and it hits Chris Wellham's shoulder, goes down and then we then put a kick in and our kick chase is all staggered. They get a penalty off the back of it and they come up the other end and score and that turns the game. And I think that was at 14 all. Mm. But up to then there was a real arm wrestle about us and a real kind of steel mentality really as a team. And like I say, I think the scoreline flattered obviously Warrington in the end, they just took it away. But they're a team who are playing with confidence at the moment. I know they've took a couple out today, but when you're in a, you're a top four team and you're winning, it doesn't matter when you put players in, you, you kind of just roll with it. Yeah, Steve Price alluded to that in his press conference, but I mean, really, with the players we've got missing yeah. and the injuries you've picked up tonight, you're doing it tough. But going in 14 yeah. 10 at half time, great yeah. try to start the second half. Yeah. I mean, you must have been proud about the way the players move the ball tonight. Yeah. Seemed, they seem to have a different sort of mentality tonight well, with the ball. Well, that, that's, that's us, that's how kind of I've. And I like us playing, using the ball, moving teams around, doing the tough stuff when we need to do the tough stuff. The ball stuff. seemed to be going out wide early in the tackle count. Yeah, yeah we spoke about a little bit so yeah. about that, about shifting them around a little bit, moving the middles, then get back out and stuff like that. So Jack Little John's give us that, and he's given us that option to be able to play like that. The tough thing for us now is looks like Jack might be out now again. Such so. a shame, is it? He's played really well last yeah. few weeks, coming to his own, and now yeah, we've, we've lost yeah. him. What's well, he? What's he done, Jack? Well, it looks like he might have ruptured his bicep. So yeah. if he has, that might be season, to be fair. So um, fingers crossed it's not that, because like I say, he's added something that we've not had since Gaz O'Brien. So we've been able to start playing again as a team, as a footballing team, um, which is probably the amount of times we've had to change our spine this year and manipulate a new way of playing as a team hasn't obviously helped us and we just felt like we were just getting a little bit of consistency. It really started at the whole game away. I know we lost that one, but kind of the, <coughs> our attack was really good in that game and our second half and it was really good. We just didn't hold enough ball. Then coming back into the, the witness game, we kind of started to flow a little bit with our attack on that, started to get into the right positions. And then again tonight as well, we asked questions when we were in the right areas. Again, we've just come out of the wrong side of an arm wrestle tonight. 
and unfortunately picked up a couple of injuries. Your job never seems to get any easier though. You picked up yeah. an injury to Chris Wellham. Yeah. I think he's it sounded horrible what he said in the press conference. I was wincing yeah. just thinking about yeah. it. Just hit his finger. Hasn't yeah, it? just hit his finger. It looks like he snaps his ligament in there. So <laughs> if it's that, he'll, have to, he'll need to have surgery. And Josh Wood failed his head test today. Yeah, That's he where he come back on. So who's Josh out. doing? Um, he's doing all right, Josh. I mean, he started playing really well last week, didn't he? As well, so was hoping a bit more from him today. He got that bit of head knock, and then he's you could see his contacts that going away straight away. But that was obviously because of the head knock. So then. Physio had to obviously get him straight off the field then, and then obviously he's failed it, he had to come off. Uh, Moose has picked up a bit of um, a cut on his head as well, so we'll see where he's at when we go downstairs. Looking forward to next week, all Kingston Rovers, they've had a big win tonight, yeah. that becomes a massive game now, but you're going to be low on numbers again, aren't yeah. you? People out injured. You we must be proud of the way yeah. these lads are keep turning up every oh, week for you. Mate, you can't question them because every week, whether we lose or not, when we lose, they're in and they want to fix it up and they don't moan about it, they just, they're just coming in to, to get better and to improve on the back end of it. Um, and they are, we're sticking together as a group, we know we're in a real tough situation as a club and as a team at the moment. Um, and it's probably more difficult on kind of the success that we was having the year before and built on, on last year with kind of the semi-final and stuff like that and then we come to this year, we come to this year now. And obviously we've been put on the back foot, and it's it's not the, it's not the lads' fault. Do you know what I mean? It's um, this circumstances which di dictated that. So how do you approach this week now? Looking forward to the okay. Is it a lot of rest this week and a lot of? Um... This first part will be first part will definitely be about recovery now uh, and seeing if we can get some bodies back on the training field because what did we have? We had eighteen players um, fit. Um, for today, that we could have. Are you still doing a lot of training with the lads as well? Oh, well in the games injured. and that. I'm yeah. not injured, so um, I'm out. <laughs> you out now, yeah. right? Yeah, Lama You can't me. play all kinds. No. So <laughs> Dead set out. Um, yeah, no. Look, we, we've got some guys. Hopefully, there was a couple doing fitness tests at the back end of last week. So hopefully, them couple of guys might come back in. How's Josh Jones doing? I know he, he came he back and then got another knock, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, so, he was one yeah. of them doing a little bit of um, fitness at the back end of last week. So we'll see where he is. This a lot week. of people have been asking about Chris Bryan, and I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago. How's his progression? Coming on, it's slow, slow, yeah. mate. To be fair, it's it's all good. Um, surgeon was really pleased with the operation. It's just his power's not coming back as fast as we'd like it, mm -hmm. um, or as fast as he'd like it as well. Um, but he did his first run on the field the other day, um, but he's still kind of a long way off of kind of doing any kind of contact or joining in with the boys at the moment. He's just jogging on the field. So four games left now in the season. Yeah. Do you believe this? I mean, you're going to say the top eight still there, isn't it? Yeah. We, these are four cup finals for us now, aren't they? Yeah, this one was today as well. We, we approached this as a big game for us as well. Even the witness one the week before as well. We spoke about that, about being big games and about making sure we're up for them. Today, we've been in a big game, to be fair. We've had the arm wrestle mentality that we've not had for quite a bit, to be fair. And like I say, that'll do us the world of good. What we've got to be is take the positives out of that as well and just improve on slight little areas like that kind of kick chase where we just let them out and give them a penalty the execution in the good ball whereas if we'd been a bit more clinical we'd probably score there um, and then you change the, re the results of the games really but the, I think one of the big ones as well and my grad were, were coming out of yardage they're putting us in the corners as well and there was minimum penalties tonight which was good but there was a few where you'd have thought we might have got a penalty coming out of yardage there, but we didn't kind of get anything. But you generally don't from the rub of the green. I think there, was, there was one in the uh, the second. I think Jake Bibby got sort of taken out, yeah. and uh, I was saying to be dead in the crowd. Why has he not been Simbin? Yeah, because he's Simbin Ryan Lannan for a professional foul. Yeah, that, to me it was the same sort of thing. You, you stopped a bloke near the line, yeah. and I think there was one in the second half when it, I don't know if you watched the state of origin where they give that penalty try, and oh, we yeah. had a man taken out as well, and it was yeah. a similar sort of thing. So. 
I don't like to blame referees, but there was a few tough calls tonight. Yeah, it's just consistency that. Like I say, that's not why we've we've lost there as well. Yeah, but sometimes just hoping them little things go for you. It's like the bounce of the ball. It, it adds to the yeah. woes though sometimes. Yeah, it does it? a little bit. But watch it. Like I say, as today was more of the detail in our transitions and the execution in good ball. I hope this week goes well for you, Ian. I hope you get some more bodies back for next week, and I'll see you up. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs>
he chased back, I think it was towards the end of the game, and I think the game had gone. I was really impressed with the way he chased back in, in defence, and uh, that sort of commitment is definitely going to serve us well in the uh, in the remainder of the season. Yeah, there was a lots of, uh, of good defence, Paul, and that's a good sign that the players didn't give up when when you know when the final minutes when it dropped off. Um, you know, kept defending, kept battling, kept working hard, and that's a good sign, I think. You know, with what's to come. Yeah, the, the team spirit seemed seemed really good, didn't it? On Friday night, we didn't seem phased by the you know the, the task of going to Warrington and. You know, speaking to some supporters in the week, a lot been a, a bit of a tonking, uh, but it wasn't to be at all. It was a, a really close game, very entertaining game, very exciting game. I think everybody had a had a great night, especially with the uh, being the armed forces weekend and the match ball being brought in by the uh, by the skydivers. It was really exciting, and that cannon going off. And there was a guy walking up the stairs towards me when the, that cannon went off, and he had a couple of pints, and he really dropped them all over <laughs> the stairs. It was that loud. So, um, so yeah, it was a, it was an excellent night, and yeah, one that we just come up short in. Yeah, it was a it was a good it was a good sort of pre sort of match show, didn't it? With the red arrow, red arrows coming in and you know making sure they landed properly on on the field and you know like you said with a big cannon, everyone sort of jumped in the air. Even I jumped, uh, you know when it when it fired and you know it's a, it was a lot of good stuff. A lot of soldiers there as well uh, from I suppose local uh, sort of armed forces around Warrington. And it's it's definitely a you know a, a, a kind of a club that we have to kind of try and mould ourselves into. I think. Yeah, they seem to go, do a good job at Warrington. They're very well organised, aren't they? And very, very welcoming and very, very friendly. The, the people there, he was, um, was looking after us in the press as well. I thought they were all right. It was, it was, you know, sometimes you go to ground and they're like, "Who are you? Can I check your pass? Can you do this? Can you do that?" But it was very friendly and very, very welcoming. But just going back to that cannon, when it went off, I knew it was going to go off because you see him loading the shells in it. But he still made me jump out of my skin. So yeah. it's just because of how, how loud it was. But do you remember when? Um, we was at the Willows and we had skydivers. That was yeah. the Red Arrows, I think, wasn't it? Or the Red Devils. Yeah. And they came and, and one of them nearly landed on the, the North Stand, didn't yeah. they? Not on the North Stand, <laughs> so totally the and, and they were like an, an X in the middle of the pitch, weren't they? Yeah. So, a while ago, wasn't it? It was a few years ago, that, Paul. But I'm sure they've, they've practised a lot more since then. So now they're landing where they should land. Well, well it was tremendous the way they, they landed on the X. Yeah. They more or less landed on the centre spot, didn't they? So, uh, so yeah, they hats off to them. Really, really brave to, to do something like that. I think also with a cannon, right, took about 15 minutes to roll it on using planks of wood so it didn't damage the surface. Sort of fired it three times and just pulled it off. Didn't even, like, use the wood to get it off. And I was like, what was the point in that? You know, like, I was thinking protecting the ground yeah, before kicking. It's a bit of a panic then, wasn't it? I think the game needed to be started. You can see the, the ground was sweating. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. they probably dragged a big cannon across the pitch. <laughs> Standard behaviour. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a, it was a it was a good game. Unfortunately, Salford just didn't get uh, enough um, to win the game. And but unfortunately, I'm sure we'll take a lot from that, Paul, and uh, roll on next week. Yeah, it's about how we go on now at Ulkington Road. We've got to take that that confidence into that game because they're a side that are in form, and uh, you know we need to go and approach that game with the same mentality we did on Friday. Yeah, big thanks for your your three word match reports and uh, man of the matches, uh, Mark um, off the cuff. Uh, and his man of the match was Jack Littlejohn. Uh, Chairman Bob took a tough shift. His man of the match was Jack Littlejohn. Uh, Natalie Taylor scoreline flattered Warrington. Her man of the match was Jack Littlejohn. And the final one, Christian Janet Shenton, effort was there. And their man of the match was Jack Littlejohn. So, unfortunately, Jack Littlejohn, now injured, uh, not able to obviously continue his good form, clears up, cleans up on the, uh, the three-word match reports man of the matches. Yeah, I thought deservedly so as well. He, he worked really hard. Uh, Jack Littlejohn went off in the 68th minute with his 
with his injury, so we always have played without the, the final 12 minutes. But he did, I thought he did do enough to, to gain man of the match here status. I thought he played really well. The only block really was his, he's been dropping that high ball. There was a high bomb went up from Roberts, Tyrone Roberts, I think it was, and he, he dropped that way, he sort of lost it. Um, in the air, it was a spiralling bomb, though. It was a really, one of those really difficult kicks, you know, that moves all about all over the show in the sky. It was a great kick. And that was the only mistake he made all night, really scored two good tries and, and defended really well. So, uh, so yeah, it's just a shame that he's, he's, he's got this injury, this ruptured bicep, and well, I'm not no medical expert, so I don't really know what that sort of entails, but it sounds painful, and uh, let's just hope he, he makes a speedy recovery in his back. You know, sometimes injuries heal better than others, don't they? And you come back, you know, before you're due to come back. So let's hope he's one of those. Who was your uh, man of the match on uh, on Friday? Um, I think I'm going to go with Jack Little John because I've been I've spoken to him a few times this season. And we've 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 spoken. So I said, you know, he, he was struggling and he's, he's low on confidence. And I, I'm really pleased with him that he started to play well. And it's always great when you get a story like that of someone who's really working hard and then it pays off. So. Uh, Chris Wellham, another one. I thought he worked his socks off, and he does all he has done all season. But I'm just going to edge for Jack Little John this week. I'm going to go for Lamatazzi. Um, 34 tackles, 126 meters made, average gain of 8.4 meters a carry. Uh, certainly a, a big go forward player for us on on Friday. Does it every week. Does have the odd uh, sort of shoulder charge, which lets it down. But you know, if he keeps making big meters like that, you can forgive him the odd shoulder charge. I think if you take that edge off Lamartine's game, he's not as good a player. I think with him, he has to give those penalties away because that's in his game, that's in his nature, and that's that's what makes him an enforcer in our side. And I think you, obviously you don't want to give penalties away, but every side needs a bloke like him or you know, bloke to be feared. And um, I think if he took that out of his game, I don't think he'd be as good. But I know exactly where you're coming from. I thought he did really well, Lamatazi. He is. He's, he's a tough man to stop, isn't he, when he gets going with the ball. And he's a, he's a tough defender. Sometimes he goes over the edge of it. But I wouldn't want to take that. Do you know, I, I obviously don't want to give penalties away, but I wouldn't want to take that out of his game. No. Well, obviously, when, when we win, he's got the best smile in the world. But when we get beat, he, look, he looks so unhappy as well. He, he kind of lives yeah, for it. He's lives for it, he? when we get beat. You know, he just walks past us eating pizzas, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he looks very sad when we get beat, but you know, he's, he's such a nice bloke, like he said, off the field. And, uh, you know, hopefully continue his good form. Definitely. Cool. So that was the review of the, the Warrington feet. Next up, we've got all the news coming out of Soul for Red Devils this week. 24 hours a day. Radio Contact. So, all the news coming out of Salford Red Devils this week, Paul. Um, first thing, Andy Rosless released a statement um, talking about the progress, you know, what, what's happening uh, within the club at the moment. Uh, very informative, I thought. Uh, yeah, yeah, there was quite a bit of, of sort of negativity in it and quite a bit of positive stuff. It was a bit of a mixed bag, really, wasn't it, Rob? Um, I think we all know that the club's not you know, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a great state at the moment, but I don't think it's in a really terrible one either is it it's just about us all pulling together really and you know there's a few things in that, that statement that I thought was a bit of a grey area really but we've just got to keep just got to keep battling on haven't we and supporting the team that we love and, and getting behind them obviously we've got a tough end to the season now and if I, if I had to put my hand on my heart and, and say where are we going to finish I, I think we'll finish in the bottom four I don't think we're going to make the top eight I don't I don't know that's just me being honest obviously I want us to but and if we do end up in that in that bottom four, we've got to battle like hell, haven't we? And, and, and do our do our very best. And it's going to be tough. And 
you know, the, the way we've done things this season, we've not got the biggest squad. We're not awash with money because we've had to, to release players. So Ian Watson's he's had his hands tied, haven't we? If we can pull it off this season and stay off, I think it'd be uh, be great. But I understand how frustrating it is for Andy Rosler and you know everything that's going on off the field. Yeah, um, to be honest, I thought it was really honest. Um, you know, talking about you know the transition from a club with a benefactor to a community-run club, and it's not a simple thing, is it? Is it that Paul? You know, he's got to able to juggle a lot of balls and make sure that you know what needs to be paid gets paid, um, and you know. It's a good thing, I think, that he's coming out and he's saying this rather than, you know, unanswered questions being, you know, and you know, being asked and pressure building on everybody. Um, I think it's good that he comes out and, and, and does these statements so everyone's in the loop on what's going on. Well, yeah, yeah. On the other hand, though, I don't think we are a community-run club yet. Obviously, the transition that hasn't gone through really, has it? There's no way that the community runs the club really, is it? You've just got Andy Rosler running it and... A board of like directors he had with him. He seems to be on his own now, doesn't he? I don't think that those people are with him anymore. From from what I've read into things, but it's not really. I mean, you hear people saying in the media, in the believe media, and other supporters that we're a club run by the fans now. And I think sometimes it's a bit misguided that we're not really run by the fans. We are run by a guy who is a supporter, but the club's not run by, by the fans, is it? Like you know, other clubs that have been in the past. So. I think sometimes it, people are a bit ill-educated on that, but it is it is a transitional period at the moment, Robin. It's like you say when you've got no benefactor, it is it's tough because there's not a lot of money coming in, is there? And uh, you know the people who are running the club at the moment have not got pots and pots of money to put in, so you've got to get that money from somewhere else, haven't you? We know the deal with the, the stadium's not terrific. I don't we don't earn any money at all out of the stadium, do we? So revenue streams are hard to come by, aren't they? And especially this time of the season when everybody's got the shirt, everybody's got the season ticket. It's hard to, uh, to, to get extra money in. I know they've brought out those half-season tickets and things like that, and I'd encourage anybody who's not got a ticket you know, to get one of those. And, and It's like we say every week on the podcast about buying your away tickets, getting from the club. I know it's only a few quid that we get, but every, every little helps, doesn't it, at this stage of the season? Yeah, he's also got um, is it Sedulo, a highly ambitious Manchester Chartered County practice, to, you know, to hopefully you know, provide uh, various you know, initiatives and you know, trying to get, you know, a structure in place where us fans can can obviously help to, you know, generate funds uh, for, for the club. Um, I think I think it's good. I think it's it's worth investing in. Um, obviously, lots of people, fans, not every fan has have loads and loads of money, uh, but hopefully with the support of us, they'll, they'll get involved in that and we can, people who aren't sort of loaded with money can help by a 10 or 8 or 20 quid there to make a difference. Yeah, certainly. I think I think that's the way things have got to go at the moment, Rob. Uh, and you know what, Salford supporters are like. We'll 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 do anything for the club. Won't we? we walk to the games. We we do whatever we can to to get there. And, uh, and we've got a real hearty bunch of supporters, haven't we? And to see them at the the, the Warrington game on Friday night, I thought was tremendous. The following that we took there for for a club that's not, you know, it's well documented. We're not the best supported, but you know the, the amount of supporters we take away from home, we take the. A really good proportion of our support, you know, as a percentage. You know, I, mean, I watched the Leeds game on uh, Leeds against Wigan. No England football player, but that's no excuse. They played Wigan on uh, Thursday night, and they're the champions of Super League. And you're lucky if you took about 100 people to Wigan, and, and yet they they'll crack on to us that they're, they're a big club. We we took you know a, a great following there on Friday, and we should be proud of that. And uh, and you know, it's up to the supporters to, to keep doing that and uh, staying on side. Yeah, I think I think it's you know it's certainly I'm sure the club and Andy Rosler will be 
sort of, you know, announcing plans, you know, shortly. And, you know, then us fans can sort of get together, get behind it and, and build a, a bigger and better and brighter Salford, um, you know, for the future. Yeah, I think that's what supporters need to know. I think supporters are a bit in the in the dark at the moment, aren't they? Really? And I suppose Andy Rogers as well, to a certain extent, because we don't know how things are going to go. We don't know where we're going to be next season. Um, so, like you said, tr- a transition sometimes, this sort of transition, it's a big thing and it's a massive thing. And supporters, once they do know where they are and know what they've got to do, and if this strategy comes out, I'm sure that they're going to announce soon. And then we'll all know where we are. I mean, I don't really know what's going on. You just keep turning up every week, don't you, and playing that everything's going to be all right. So, uh, so yeah, we, we've got to put our trust in them to uh, to do the right thing. And let's hope the team on the pitch can you know, keep our Super League status and uh, keep playing in the top flight. Yeah, uh, next bit of news. Uh, the Salford Red Devils Foundation Rising Star Development Programme uh, is, is, is underway. Uh, it will be underway in August. Um, 7th to 14th from the 21st of August. Um, year five and six, seven, eight, and nine and ten. A master class, Paul, um, with positional training with the the first team, uh, fitness training, skills, wrestling techniques, games. Being able to develop uh, and learn new skills from the very best can only develop the young kids coming through. Of course, it can. Yeah, and train. Did you say training with the first team? Yeah. First fitness training with the first. You know, or sorry, fitness training in the first team gym. But then there's positional and specific masterclasses delivered by Sulphur Red Devils first team players and coaching staff. Oh, well, that's something, isn't it? That, you know, for, for young kids to be, to be training first team facilities for a start off, but then picking up uh, tips from the first team and, you know, the players of a good calibre, that's, that's really exciting. And that's just going to help to grow that supporter bond and, and young people's bond with, the, with our club, isn't it? And that, that's great to hear that. And uh, you know, I hope that's a big success. Yeah, it's, it's £60. Uh, per per child, I presume. Um, obviously, if you're interested in that, you can ring the Sulphur Red Devil Foundation on 0161 uh, 7861591 or email joanne.shepherd at sulphurreddevils.net. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, they'll get a you know quite a big turnout for that. Uh, and then obviously, the players will get even better and then our future's bright. Yeah, so it's a shame there's an age limit on that, Rob. I fancy that. <laughs> <laughs> too, too old though now, but that sounds really good. Just you can slip in. Uh, lads really to go and do it but I've got two girls me so rules me out yeah you think we can slip in the back and hopefully they'll notice yeah yeah <laughs> um, next bit of news uh, so, uh, sorry Lance Todd Award dinner um, that special event for the Challenge Cup Paul uh, it's going to be held at the Marriott Hotel on the 28th of August uh, where they announced is it the man of the match for the Challenge Cup uh, yeah, always, a, always yeah. a fantastic event oh yeah it is I, I think the um they didn't have one last year, did they? I think something happened, didn't they? But the last one was when Ryan Hall won it, I think, was it the year before? So, yeah, it's something that a real tradition, that that uh, usually the Salford X Players Association used to have a lot of involvement with that. So, that's tremendous that that's back running again. That'll be a great night. That I, I saw it, the um, the foundation put a post out about the other day, and I'm seriously considering getting myself a ticket and going, so I'd love to go to uh, the Lansford Trophy dinner. And, uh, yeah. Obviously, you know, if you're a local business and you want to sort of get involved in the sponsorship or get a, a sort of a table uh, at the uh, the Lance Top dinner, um, prices vary. Uh, that's fantastic. Um, you know, I think you can get like a, a three-course meal, I think it is, and drinks on arrival. I think a Lance Todd trophy winner on your table as well. You know, it, it's, it's brilliant, I think, that. Well, it sounds an excellent night, doesn't it? I mean, it's a nice, um, nice setting as well, the Marriott Hotel, isn't it? And 
the three colours I bet that's really nice and a Lancer trophy winner on your table as well I yeah, really Lan- fancy yeah. that really fancy it I'm, uh, I'm going to have a look and see if I can get some tickets this week I think yeah it's uh, certainly a fantastic event just make sure you can contact john.blackburn at salfordreddevils.net uh, if you're interested in that uh, next bit of news uh, the Hull Kingston Rollwood tickets are available like we said to raise funds uh, for the club uh, £22 for an adult ticket £16 for a concession um, you know hopefully we'll get a because it's such a big game as well, Paul. You're hoping that there'll be a, a big following from Salford. Yeah, it was a big game last time we played there, wasn't it? We've not been since the million-pound game. I know we've played them twice since then, haven't we? Um, at home in the Challenge Cup last season and this season in the league. Uh, but no, we've, we've actually beaten the last three times we've played them, haven't we? The million-pound game mm. in the Cup last year and there's the league game this season. So, yeah, it promises to be a great game, Rob. really does. Really, It's sort of a do-I game, really. You know, it's a Sunday afternoon, weather's going to be good. I'm pretty sure we'll take a good follow up there. Yeah, uh, just make sure if, if you do go in, if you, do, you are going to Hull KR, get your tickets from the club. I think the club gets 25% of every ticket sold and we can obviously put that back into the club and, and help it grow. Uh, final bit of news, let's start, let's finish with a bit of the good news, Paul. Uh, Dan uh, Goddard, um, William Mills and Matthew Jones have all been selected uh, to play International Rugby League. Dan God has been selected for the Ireland under-19 squad and William and Matthew have both been selected for the Wales under-19 squad uh, going to play in Serbia um, in, in the next couple of weeks. Is it the next couple of weeks? Fantastic achievement for all. Oh, yeah, brilliant. That, that was great news when I, when I saw that. I actually spoke to Matthew. I'm sure I did Matthew Jones for the podcast when we interviewed a few of the younger under-19s lads. I spoke to Matthew and, and young Tom Farr. So um, I've seen... The, the good work they've been doing this season under you know, Neil Blackburn and, and Danny Barton, the lads down there at the, the foundation. It's been great to see the, the good work they've done and great to see them progressing. And, and their hard work's been rewarded, Rob. Brilliant news that. Brilliant to see the club putting that out. And uh, just wish the lads all the best and the families all the best if they're going out there to watch them. You have a great time and uh, you know go and do your best and let's see them come on with a trophy. Yeah, obviously shows the the pathway that you come to Salford and you get a chance and you can get play international rugby league. It might give other young kids who aren't getting opportunities at the clubs, you know, that idea that I'll cut myself and I'll get a shot. Yeah, definitely. And under 19s as well, you know, this time, sort of next year, you're getting towards 19, 20. Let's hope we can get these lads in some sort of a reserve team, academy team at Salford, and then and get them progressing through to the first team because that's how these other clubs, these other big clubs, Leeds, Wigan, St. Helens, that's how they're going. And that's the way forward, brother. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. I mean, I'm all for you know international players coming over and stars and that, but you've got homegrown lads who, who come through your your system. I think that's that's the that's got to be the, the way forward for me. So brilliant news, that really brilliant news, and let's just hope we see those lads playing in Salford shirts in the near future. Yeah, so that's all the news coming out of Salford Devils this week. Uh, next up on the Devil in the Detail podcast is Paul Whiteside's amateur report, where he looks at all the local sides in our area and the scores and results and the fixtures for this week. Here is this week's Devil of the Detail Amateur Report. We shall start off this week with the National Conference Leagues. There was results involving our local sides there. And we'll start with the Premier Division. Rochdale Mayfield on Saturday had a good win. They beat Thattle Heath Crusades by 22 points to 14, leading 8 points to 6 at half-time. Mayfield 
came away winners in the end. So a good result for Mayfield against Thato Heath. Thato Heath are currently fourth in the table. Rochdale Mayfield the fourth from bottom. So a good result there that takes them away from the bottom sides. Might and Warriors are bottom with five points. Wigan St. Pat's have six. Kells have eight. And Rochdale Mayfield have eight. So it's quite tough at the bottom. So a good welcome result for Mayfield at the weekend. Moving on to Division 2. Saddleworth Rangers had a good result. They beat the Hunslet Warriors by 36 points to eight in Division 2. That lifts Saddleworth up the table. Hunslet Warriors struggling there. Third from bottom. Saddleworth are fifth from bottom now on eight points. So a well-needed win for Saddleworth. In Division 3, it was, wasn't very good news for Salford City Roosters. They were beaten 100 points to nil by Barrow Island. Trailing 64 points to nil at half-time. Yeah, Barrow got the 100 up in the second half. It's never nice when a, a side can see that amount of points. And we hope Salford City Roosters can turn things round this coming week so a bad result there for the Roosters also in Division 3 Waterhead Warriors went down 34 points to 10 away from home at Gateshead Storm but Oldham St Anne's got a draw home to Clockface Miners they drew by 28 points apiece in a pulsating game there in Oldham at the weekend so that result leaves Oldham St Anne's and Waterhead towards the bottom of the table Oldham St Anne's are just above Waterhead on 13 points Oldham St Anne's have got 10 Salford City Roosters stay second bottom in the table with 4 wins from their 15 games on 8 points it's Stanley Rangers who are bottom with just 1 win out of their 21 matches so far the fixtures for Saturday the 7th of July in the Premier Division it's Egremont Rangers against Rochdale Mayfield another tough trip for Mayfield the Rangers are second top in the table in Division 2 Hull Dockers play Saddleworth Rangers and there's just the two fixtures in Division 3 Gateshead Storm play Salford City Roosters and Waterhead Warriors are at home to the Wollstone Rovers. Moving on now to the Northwest Men's League. Quite a few no results and postponements at the weekend, but we'll give you the results that we do have. On Saturday, the 30th of June, Division 2, Manchester Rangers beat the Wigan St. Cuthbert's by 26 points to 18. Bury Broncos went down at home to Ulverston by 20 points to 12. In Division 4, Caddy Z Rhinos 28, Colchef Eagles 32. Garswood Stags 36, Saddleworth Rangers 8, 38. Division 5, Ryland Sharks beat the Bolton Mets by 42 points to 12. The fixtures for this Saturday. Today, Premier Division, Folly Lane are at home to Haydock. In Division 1, Rochdale Mayfield A play Latchford Albion. Division 2, Oldham St. Anne's A play the Leyland Warriors. Wigan St. Cuthbert's play Berry Broncos. Division 3, Eccleston Lions against Rochdale Cobras. West Horton Lions against Wigan Bulldogs. And Wollstone Rovers A against the Langworthy Reds. Division 4, Caddy's Head Rhinos are at home to... Oral St. James A, Wigan Springview play Saddleworth Rangers A and Division 5 Bolton Mets are at home to Higginshaw, Berry Broncos A are at home to Wigan Springview A and Littleborough are at home to Thato Heath Crusaders B. In the North West Youth League there was just two results involving our local sides at the weekend, quite a lot of no results and postponements again. In Division 2 of the under-16s, Langworthy Reds, an excellent victory. They beat West Horton by 34 points to 10 on Sunday. And in Division 3, Rochdale beat Ulverston 32 points to 18. The fixtures for this coming Sunday, the 8th of July. It's the under-18s Premier Division Waterhead are at home to Shevington. In Division 2 of the under-18s, Burtonwood play Folly Lane and Chorley play Saddleworth. In the under-16s, Division 1, Barrow Island are at home to Folly Lane. Oldham play Charlie. In Division 2, Saddleworth play Wigan St. Patrick's. West Horton play Thato Heath and Wigan St. Cuthbert play Langwether. Walney are against Waterhead. Finally, in Division 3 of the under-16s, it's Ashton against Rochdale and Salford City Roosters against the Pilkington Rex. 
And finally, a bit of good news to finish off this week. Wales under-19s have picked two Salford Red Devils youngsters in their squad. Head coach Anthony Walker has confirmed his 20-man squad 21-man squad, sorry, ahead of next month's European Under-19s Championship in Serbia. It's William Mills, who plays for Salford Red Devils, and Matthew Jones, who's also at Salford Red Devils, that's been chosen. Walker and his colleagues, who include former Super League star Phil Joseph, former Salford player as well, Phil Joseph, made their final selections after a two-day camp at Wales Rugby Training Base in Deeside Leisure Centre. The training camp was really successful and all the boys come with a great attitude and they were a pleasure to work with, said their coach. So congratulations to the two Salford lads and we wish them all the best in their under-19s championships in Serbia. That's all I've got for you this week. I shall see you on Sunday for Salford against Hulkingston Rovers. So next up on the Devil in Detail podcast, we're going to be looking at the Hulking Rovers game on Sunday afternoon. It's time for the Devil in the Details. Big match So, so for the Devils take on Hulkingston Rovers on Sunday, Paul, away from home, difficult place to go. But our record is good there. Is it a game we can look forward to winning? Yeah, well, the record was good the last time we played there in the Million Pound game. It's not the, the greatest <laughs> record there in the world. We've had some good wins. It's been a bit of a mixed bag, though. We've had some, some good wins there over the years. We've had some some heavy defeats over there, some close games. So, you know, looking at, at Hull Kingston Rovers' squad, there's, there's a few ex-Alpha players in there, isn't there? Lee Jewett, I think he was in the 19-man squad last week. He didn't get in the, the, the first team. Uh, Tommy Lee, though, has been playing... Hooker there for, for most of the season. I know Jordan Wallen went there, but he's not featured much this season for them. Justin Kahn is out injured, so we're not going to be, come up against him. But they've got some decent players, haven't they? The, the big signing recently has been Joel Tompkins coming in from Wigan. Sean Lunt as well, because there's a lot of problems in the cup game last season at Salford scored in two tries, if you remember. And um, Danny Maguire and, and young Chris Atkin, who was at Swinton. So they've got some useful players, haven't they? And they're going to be tough to beat. They were an excellent result against Huddersfield last week. They absolutely battered Huddersfield, 37 points to 10. Um, I think it was 30-odd four for, for long periods of that game. Huddersfield scored late on. So they know Muggs are in good form at the moment as well. Yeah, they recently signed uh, Wigan's Joel Tom, uh, Tompkins as well. Um, he's, a, he's a class player. Um, you know, they have got class all over the field and, you know, we're going to have to be at our best to, to get a result there. Yeah, they have. They've got some good players. They've got some sort of players that you know have been around the block as well. I'm not saying make weights, but you know, like likes of Danny Tickle, he's knocking on a bit now. Uh, but they've got experience, haven't they? In big game experience, Chris Clarkson is another useful forward. He's played at Widnes and Leeds, and Morris Blair, young Ryan Shaw, and Liam Salt are two lads that have come through their system. And Adam Quinlan, the fullback as well. I know he played at St. Helens, didn't he? And I've just watched the highlights of their game against. Uh, Huddersfield last week and he scored two good tries he's a bit of a live wire at fullback so they're going to cause us problems Rob we, we've got to make sure our defence is good it's for large parts of the Warrington game it was and we're going to get tested on, on Sunday there and uh, you know Danny Maguire pulling the strings for them he's like 35 36 year old now Danny Maguire but he's, a, he's a wily old fox isn't he Danny and he's been around the block and you know come through that system at Leeds and played in that great side for years and he, he's Taking that experience now up, up there on East Hull, so we need to build a Danny Maguire because we know what, what he can do and he's done it against us plenty of times before. Yeah, it's kind of do or die for both sides, really. There's only a point that separates us, Paul, and, you know, if, if we want to be in that top eight, 
It's a game we have to win. Yeah, it certainly is. It definitely is. I think we lose that game now. I don't think it's mathematically impossible if we lose the game to get the top eight, but you're staring down the barrel a bit there. Then, aren't you? I know Leeds play Castleford this weekend away from home. So going off recent, you'd expect Castleford to, to maybe get a result in that one. The win for us then would only put us one point behind uh, behind Leeds. Uh, Catalan Dragons are away at Wakefield this weekend. So going off form, you'd expect Wakefield to, to win that game. Well, I'm not very good at my predictions, but <laughs> just going off like sort of obvious form. So if we were to win, you're right back in the mix, aren't you? The point behind those two sides. So defeat, it, it, it keeps that three-point cushion on it with only three games to, to go. So we definitely need to, to get a result. And obviously if we do lose the game, okay, well then leapfrog us and go above us. So it is really a do-or-die game, this one. Yeah, obviously that's what we want. You know, in rugby league, we want, you know, exciting games. Uh, every week which matter um, and I suppose this, this top eight sort of bottom eight thing kind of works in a way and all there's too much jeopardy isn't it, when you actually get into the uh, the actual you know the mix of it at the end of the season but moments like this if, if we weren't you know in this situation you know if it was just one up one down we wouldn't be as nervous would we going to Old Kingston Rovers yeah I think I don't I disagree slightly because I know I know People said last you know, the season when we were in the million pound game, oh, it's affecting players' livelihoods, this, that, and the other. But if you've got one up and one down, it's affecting players' livelihoods because someone's always going to finish bottom and someone's always going to be fighting to stay up, aren't they? Whether it's more teams than one or not. So you, you, you know at the start of the season you've got to play well and you've got to perform and if you don't, you're going to finish near the bottom and you're going to be fighting to stay up. So that's your responsibility to get in that top eight and get yourself safe. So everybody knows where they're going to be at the start of the season. So it's vitally important now that we attack these last four games get as many points as we can and who knows because we could be in that top eight alright we might not get to the grand final because we'll be too far behind the, the top four but we'll be safe for next season and that, you know, that's that's the main priority at the moment because as I said before and we spoke about it loads of us too haven't we if you end up in that mid-lakes this time it's going to be really tough isn't it playing the likes of Toronto and, and Toulouse and you're even playing Catalan as well couldn't you so you just don't want to. You don't want to be in that at all, do you? If you can, if you can help it. Not at all, Paul. You, you, obviously, that that playoff. You know, the uh, the middle eight's going to be really, really tough this year. And you know, sometimes you think, oh yeah, we can, we'll be able to beat likes of Batley and, and and teams like that. But the teams coming up, every one of them's tough. And you know, every game will be a cup final for both teams. Well, yeah. I mean, we've played a championship side this season, Lee in the Challenge Cup. And if you're honest, we were really well beaten that night. Lee with a miles better side and they put us to the sword and you know I'm not making you know a drama about that but they did they were the better side on the night but you look at the championship table Lee aren't even in the top four and they're going to struggle to make the top four they lost at weekend to, to Toronto they had a poor start to the season but then they had an excellent run but they're chasing the tails now and are struggling to get in that top four so the side of their calibre could end up missing out so it just shows the quality of the other teams in in London, Toronto, Toulouse, Halifax are up there, Featherstone Rovers as well. And I've caught a bit of Featherstone this season on the, on the television. And, you know, some of the players they've got, you know, Martin Ridyard, Gareth Hopp, uh, Briscoe, the, the winger there, and one or two others. They've got some real quality players. And, you know, you say you get them away from home, you won't put your mortgage on us going there and winning the match, but it's going to be really, really tough. They're going to make it as hard as they can for you. So I'd rather not be in that than, than being it. It's going to be exciting, though, you know, either way. But um, it's going to be uh, going to be tough. But if we do get there, Paul, I've got confidence that these boys, you know, wearing the red shirt, have, has, have enough in the tank to, to get over the line and, and stay in the Super League if we get in that situation. 
Yeah, the the thing that's worrying me at the moment, Rob, is, is the size of the squad and and how and how these injuries are taking toll on it. I mean, are we going to have enough bodies left? You know, we lost those players against Warrington last week. Nobody's really come in. Uh, obviously, it's a long time of season we've been players in, really. So you you just down to to your bare bones, really. And my worry is we're going to run out of bodies. So just got to hope that these last couple of games now we don't pick any more serious injuries up and we can get through sort of injury free, really, if if you like. So. Uh, so yeah, I've got every confidence in the players. We've got some quality players at the club. We've got some players who are, who are not as experienced as others as well, and um, they're, they're going to you know find this experience of this season invaluable, really. But we've just got to hang in there now, haven't we? And uh, keep performing and keep working hard. Yeah, give us your score prediction for the game against Hull Kingston Robbers. Oh, just one minute, roll it down. Oh. Uh, let's have a look. I have gone for a very tight game. I've gone for Hull Kingston Rovers twenty-two, Salford twenty-four. 22-24. I'll tell you, after the game against Warrington, you know, when, when you went home, I went to get a pizza, uh, Domino's pizza from the uh, from the uh, Halliwell Jones Stadium. They do a match day special. There's other uh, pizza places available, just in case you're wondering. Um, but uh, was it three ninety nine for for uh, for like a seven inch pizza and a drink? And I thought I was I thought you know if if, if it had gone differently, Paul would have been getting me this. All right. Yeah, but he didn't. Fight, what so did you go by myself. For? Say again, Warrington. I didn't go for a once and win, did I? No, oh, you were for win, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. just one of them things. But this week might be different in Old Kingston Rovers, where we where we go on a fantastic 40 minutes of, of perfection rugby league and then see the game out in the second half. I'm going to go Old Kingston Rovers 6, Sulphur Devils 30. 30, 30 points to 6. Yeah, 30 points to 6. I'm seeing... Lots of flowing rugby in that first half. And a, that's and a few so, good mate. tries. It'd be, uh, it'd be nice to see, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's what I'm going for, thinking, you know, then we can get a Domino's pizza on the way home to celebrate when I, when I get it right. I like I like the way you're, uh, you're really, really sort of, your predictions are like really swashbuckling, aren't they? Whereas oh, right. mine are always sort of, you know, they're, they're nerve-wracking mine, aren't they? Like really close ones. You don't care, you do. You, you're putting it all on the line, yeah. Thirty points to six. We're having this. I like your bravery, Rob. Yes, that's what the things, though, Paul. Moments like this in in crucial big games at the you know, back end of the season, you need to be brave. That's what the players need to be. You need to be committed and brave and and want to to, to get out there and 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 win the game. And I can I just picture you now. You, 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 I can just picture you now on a, on a pirate ship with your eye patch on, like swashbuckling along with your sword. Yeah, thirty <laughs> points to six. We're going to beat you easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like your boldness, Rob. Yes, that's that's what it's all about, Paul. Be bold, be brave. Be Rob red. the pirate. Rob the pirate. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully boys will come up with a, a big win and uh, we'll get back on the on the, on the road to a, a top eight finish. So that's the end of this week's Devil in the Detail podcast, Paul. Another great show. Yeah, really enjoyed it, mate. Really enjoyed it. Looking forward to our road trip to uh, to East Hull on Sunday. Really excited for it. Make sure you get an early night on uh, Saturday night and we'll be in the uh, fine box for cheering Salford on to a good victory. Yeah, big thanks for tuning to this week's Devil in Detail podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.
24 hours a day. Radio Contact.